Excellence, Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for your mercies. We thank you for what you are about to do tonight. Kalabashela Babaya, Lebro Kotola. We decree and declare the atmosphere is yours. Have your way tonight. Let your name be lifted. Let your name be lifted. Let your name be glorified. I pray in the name of Jesus, the Lord, the coming forth of your word and the prophetic will be a blessing to lives tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. People of God. Yes, thank you for responding. Um we tonight i want to talk to you briefly about the relevance of the prophetic the relevance of the prophetic and as i speak to you on this topic i want you to just open up and be very sensitive after working with god and being with god some of these few years i've realized that a lot of people are not prophetic at all they are not sensitive when it comes to the things of God and the things of the Spirit. People, um, in meetings like this, when we say, let us pray, you see, um, the prophetic needs a certain atmosphere and a certain you know, environment so for it to be released. Sometimes um, the attitude and the posture you adopt in such a meeting can determine how much you will receive so it's very important that in meetings like this you come with a very sensitive spirit a very open heart so that you can receive from the lord because not everybody here will receive something from god tonight but those who receive are those who have positioned themselves to receive from the lord and your attitude is everything the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 2, Hannah prayed a prayer and said, one of the things he said in her prayer was that God is the God of all actions. God is the God of all, all knowledge and by him actions are weighed. He says, she says God is the God of all knowledge and by him actions are weighed. What it means is that when it comes to dealing with God, God knows everything and he weighs every action. Every action in the presence of God carries a meaning. Every action in the presence of God has an implication. Every action in the presence of God has a certain effect. So your actions tonight will determine whether you receive from God or not. That is why, especially in meetings like this, when, when, when you don't just join, you don't just join meetings like this. It's not because you have been invited, but you join with a certain kind of attitude. You come with a certain action. When we say we are praying, you, you, you are not praying, you are doing something else. Your mind is not here, your focus is not here. How can you benefit from it? So sometimes the thing is that it's, it's not that sometimes, sometimes there is a word, but you, 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 you feel that the atmosphere is not even very correct. Because people are doing all kinds of things and their hearts are not with God. Their hearts are far away from what God wants to do. And because of that, they don't receive the blessings they must receive. And it happens in church. People will go to 
church tomorrow by all means because tomorrow is Sunday. And they'll go to church. There is no sensitivity. There, there, there is no action and attitude in connection with what why they are going to church. So they just go, they sit, they play, they sing around, they finish, they come home. And the same life is still the same. Nothing has changed. There's no transformation because the people are not sensitive to when it comes to the dealings of God. God has become so normal to everybody. Familiarity with God is what destroys your testimony. Familiarity with God is what destroys your next level. Familiarity with God is what hinders you from moving forward. So sometimes when you become too familiar with God, familiar with church, familiar with playing instruments, familiar with singing in church, familiar with um, Saturday meetings like this, you have become so familiar. So because of that, the certain the, the, the quality of testimony you must receive, you don't get it. So sometimes, I mean, because if you are not familiar and you are in church and you say lift your hands, you will lift your hands. You will not just try to attempt to lift or think that they are worrying you. If you are sensitive and you are not familiar and they say that um, come and give offering, you will give offering. Whether you have or not, you find offering and give. But some people think that, oh, if I don't give, that is why you are still where you are. And that is why you are not making progress. Because you are too familiar with God. When they say sacrifice, you think that somebody wants your money. Or when they say give in church, you think that somebody is just trying to, you know, get some money out of you. But you have become familiar and that is why you are still where you are. So familiarity is a killer of testimonies. These days, too many people have become, so many people have become too familiar with God. And I'm praying that in meetings like this, you will not be familiar with God. I'm praying that you will not be familiar with God. Because every day, God has a new move. Every day, God has something different He plans to do. So whilst I was preparing and ministering to the Lord and preparing for tonight's meeting, a lot was going through my mind. When God was speaking to me about many, many things. Many, many things. But sometimes I just realize that people are not ready to receive. People are not ready to receive. And, 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 and you see, that is why tonight I want to speak to you about what I've entitled the relevance of the prophetic. The relevance of the prophetic. And I am trusting God that in this meeting, as you prepare to become sensitive and discerning, and as you prepare to position yourself in a different way, and as you decide to destroy familiarity, I pray that by the time we are done with tonight's meeting, any testimony you must receive, any miracle you must receive, I pray that God will release it in the mighty name of Jesus. And for the expectations for which you have joined this meeting, I pray that God will answer you and God will meet you and your expectations will come true. Everything you do in this meeting can attract God's attention. When you are even chatting and responding, Amen. When we say pray and you even unmute your mic, everything you do, everything you do can attract God's attention. Just make sure you are not familiar with God because God has something to do in your life. This evening, in the next few minutes, I want to share with you what I've entitled the relevance of the prophetic. The relevance of the prophetic. Now, I want us to open our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, we want to read from verse 8 to 18. 
It's a long passage of scripture, about just 10 verses, but I'm going to read it very quickly and I'll read it just once. So I want you to follow me. Then after I am done reading, I will try to give a little exposition. And after that, I will tell you seven decisions you must make so that you contact the prophetic relevance. Am I talking to somebody? So let's open our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter number 6 verse 8 to 18 2nd Kings chapter 6 verse 8 to 18 I'm reading from the King James version of the Bible 2nd Kings chapter 6 verse 8 to 18 then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are coming down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him, and warned him off, and saved himself there. Not once, not twice. Not once, nor twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was so troubled. The heart of the king of Syria was so troubled for this thing. For this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord. O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite these people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. People of God, this it's a very popular passage of scripture all of us know about the king that lived in Syria who was planning to have war against Israel. Now anytime he met with his board members in the boardroom and discussed issues about the strategies to deploy and fight against the people of Israel, some way, somehow, by the time they take action, the king of Israel would already position some, some, some defense around the place 
so that they cannot attack. And it happened not once, not twice. And the king of Syria was troubled and said, Who amongst us has become the, you know, has become the enemy? Telling the people of Israel everything we decide. Then he said, No, none of us, sir. But there is a prophet in Israel. His name is Elisha. That everything you discuss, even in your bedroom, and everything you discuss, in your bedchamber, the Lord is able to reveal it to Elisha. And it is Elisha who has been telling the king of Israel all the plans we have been taking. So, sir, if we want, if we will succeed, then we must do something about Elisha. Otherwise, we cannot get what we want. So at the end of the day, they decided to go and attack Elisha. They sent horses and chariots and all kinds of weapons. And they went to, 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 to go and arrest Elisha in Dothan. By the time they went there, the servants of Elisha stepped out and saw all these chariots and horses around them. And he was troubled. And he said, sir, what can we do? Because we are dead. The enemies are too many. We are just two people. And Elisha told him, fear not. For those that are with us are more than they that be with them. And when his eyes was, was open, the young man saw that the mountain was full of horses, supernatural horses, supernatural chariots of fire all around Elisha. So that was when the young man believed that even though we can be two, even though we can be one, but one can be more than a million, especially when that one carries God. When that one has the, has the host of heaven, that one can be a majority. So at the end of the day, not only did they receive supernatural reinforcement, but the Bible said Elisha prayed a prayer, and his prayer was honored by God. Elisha said, Lord, let all these people be blind right now. And immediately the Lord honored the words of the prophet Elisha, and everybody that had gathered was blind. Everybody that came around was smote with blindness, according to the word. Of Elisha. You see, why am I taking my time to talk about this? We are speaking to you on the topic, the relevance of the prophetic. The prophetic is one of the oldest ministries in the world. You know, there are many ministries, music ministries, pastoral ministries, apostolic, and all of that. But one of the oldest ministries for me is the prophetic. Because the, the world was created out of the prophetic experience. Then the Lord said, let there be light and there was light. The word of God was working. The Bible said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Now, if in the beginning was the word, it means that the word is one of the oldest, you know, oldest elements and institutions in our world. The prophetic is all about the word of God. The prophetic is the, all about the word. In fact, the greatest asset of any prophet is the word of God. When you take the word of God from any prophet, the, word, the prophet becomes like any ordinary person. So what makes the prophetic prophetic is the word of God. Now, this is why we say the prophetic is one of the oldest ministries because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now, the father of the Christian faith, Abraham, himself was a prophet. In Genesis 20, Bible says from verse 6 to 7 and 8,
The Bible said, return, Abimelech, return the wife, the wife of Abraham to him because he's a prophet. And he will pray for you and you'll be healed. So Abraham, the father of faith, is considered a prophet. Jesus is considered as a prophet by many religions. Some people call Jesus prophet, uh, prophet Jesus. But for we Christians, we know that Jesus is more than a prophet. So the prophetic is not for witch hunting, as some people are doing now. Some people think when we say the prophetic, we are coming to say this is the witch in your family, this is the witch in your mother's family. That is not the essence of the prophetic. The prophetic is not for witch hunting, it's not for blaming, it's not for playing blame games. That is not the essence of the prophetic. It is a very good ministry and it's a very fine ministry which started from creation. And this ministry has been in existence all throughout the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. When Jesus was done with his ministry and he was about to leave, he called some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors and teachers. And he anointed them and he gave them the word and he asked them that they should be moved by the spirit and speak forth every word that God will plant in them. So the prophetic is a very good ministry. It's a very fine ministry and this ministry is able to do a lot of things. Anytime you come around the prophetic atmosphere, there are about there are about seven or six, six, let me see, one, two, three, four, five. There are about five realms or atmospheres that are created anytime you come. I love the prophetic so much because the prophetic is one of the things that has made me what I am. And I have come to believe God more because of the prophetic. You see, there, there are about five different atmospheres that are created anytime you come into contact with the prophetic. And the first one is that when you encounter the prophetic, the prophetic creates an atmosphere of glory. The prophetic creates an atmosphere of glory. You see, when you read Revelation chapter 19 verse 10, Revelation chapter 19 verse 10, the Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What it means is that the, the spirit of prophecy is a witness to the authenticity of Jesus. So what makes Jesus Jesus and it is, is because of the spirit of prophecy. So the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So anytime you come around the prophetic, there is an atmosphere that is created and that atmosphere is the, is, the, is the atmosphere of glory. So everything that happens there, God is working behind the scene. Anytime you come into a prophetic atmosphere, what happens is that all things that can happen that only he can do. So no man can take glory for himself. Anytime you see somebody prophesying, their glory must not be taken to the man. Whoever is being used should not say, I'm the one who prophesied or I'm the one who originated the messages. So in such an environment, every testimony you see, don't say it is the man of God who did it. I, rem I remember I, I was watching TV and a certain uh, prophet prophesied and the woman was stunned and then the woman opened her mouth and said, ah, Odifo, uye nyankopon, uye nyame. And the prophet did well. He said, Mame Jan Kwasa Samna Wokano. 
Since You know, that was a jovial way to just go around it. But you see, sometimes the people we are prophesying to can put you in a tight corner. They will make you feel like you are you are God, but you are not God. Everything that happens in the prophetic atmosphere, the glory must be given to God because the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You understand me? Now, the second atmosphere that is created is that is the creation is, is that the prophetic verse 9 of the scripture we read, the Bible says that the, the, the king of Israel had no knowledge that the people were planning something against him. But the so the prophetic creates an atmosphere of knowledge where everything you do not know, God through the prophetic will make you know. So in this atmosphere, there are, you see, I, I've been saying that, and one of the things my father always says in the law says, he said, our greatest problem is what we don't know. Because if you know what is ahead, if you know what is going to happen, if you know what happened yesterday, there are things you will position yourself to do. So by the prophetic, the king of Israel had the knowledge of what the Syrians had planned. The prophetic, the third one, the prophetic creates an atmosphere for quality choices and decisions. The prophetic creates an atmosphere for quality choices and decisions. Because now the king of Syria has had received knowledge what he did was that the Bible says, and the king of Syria of Israel sent to the place where the man of God called him and warned him of. And because of that, he saved himself, not once or twice. So anytime you come into a prophetic atmosphere, there is a realm that is created, and it is the realm of quality choices and decisions. The prophetic will help you so that you don't just make any choice or you don't just make any decision, but everything and every step you make, God will help you. So this is where, this is the place where you are expected to act and step out by faith. We must believe God. Sometimes we don't believe God at all. We don't believe God, but I pray that in this atmosphere, somebody will make a quality decision. Now, the, pro the next one is that the prophetic creates a realm of supernatural protection. In verse 16, in verse 16, the Bible says that, and the prophet Elisha said to his servant, that fear not for those that are with us. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. Anytime you are in the prophetic atmosphere, you are not alone. The prophetic atmosphere creates an atmosphere of supernatural protection. So the Elisha was with the servant alone, but they were not alone. They had chariots of fire, chariots of horses, chariots of fire and horses of fire all around them. And they were surrounded and they were supernaturally protected. So when you come around the prophetic atmosphere, one of the free blessings the Lord releases is the atmosphere of pro protection. Tonight, somebody is supernaturally protected. Tonight, somebody is supernaturally protected. Now, the prophetic Amen. also creates an atmosphere of testimonies. In verse 18 of the scripture we read, the Bible said, and when they came, the enemies came down to Elisha. Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Sir, smite the people with blindness. 
And the Bible says, God under the word of Elisha, and he smote the people with blindness according to the word of Elisha. This is what I call testimonies. So when you come into the atmosphere of the prophetic, you have come into the atmosphere of testimonies. God honors the words of the prophetic vessel. And tonight, I decree and declare that by the time you are leaving this place, may you carry your testimonies. May you carry your testimonies. May you carry your testimonies. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare whatever testimony you have been trusting God for, may God release it now in the mighty name of Jesus. So you see, the prophetic is very sweet. I love the prophetic. I love the prophetic. Because it's a very amazing case. But you see, I want to now tell you and show you what you must do. If this is the realm that is created by the prophetic, then what must you do? What must you do so that you will contact that prophetic relevance? So in the next five to ten minutes, I'm going to teach you the seven decisions you must make. So that you can contact the prophetic relevance. Seven decisions you must make so that you will be you will be a beneficiary of the prophetic atmosphere that is created. Am I talking to somebody? The first one is that decide to be born again. The first one is decide to be born again. A lot of people go to church, but they are not born again. A lot of people are speaking in tongues, but they are not born again. It is possible to be an apostle, and yet you are not born again. It is very possible to be, I know a certain pastor in a certain big church, and he has been a pastor. In fact, he was in children's ministry. He grew up, he has become a pastor. It was when he was, he conducted certain crusade that one of his church leaders was preaching that he realized that he was not born again, and he decided to give his life to Christ after he was a pastor. So when we say somebody's born again, we are talking about proper repentance, not those that, that kind of repentance. It's as if you are born as you are not born. What kind of life is that? As if you are born as if you are not born. You must be born again. Born again means born again. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things are gone and all things have become new. So when you become born again, it means that you have repented from your old ways. So the fact that you are still in your old ways means you have not truly repented. If you really want to benefit from the prophetic, then decide. The first decision is to decide to be born again. So the second decision is that you decide to believe God and his word. That is the second decision. Decide to believe God and his word. A lot of people here tonight, there are many people here, you believe in the pilots more than God. You, when, whenever you are about to board a plane, I don't know how many of you go to where the, 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 the chamber or where the cabin, um, the, the pilot is. I don't know how many of you go to ask the pilot, sir or madam, has your husband given you a broken heart? Or how many of you go to ask the pilot whether your wife has left you or whether you are having dementia? How many of you go to the pilot to ask them, sir, has anybody insulted you or are you depressed this morning? Did you have a good sleep? Nobody. The, the, the demons trouble you in the night. Nobody. But anytime you're about to board a flight, you trust and you put your faith and you, you, you give your life 
your life. You are able to give your life. Put your life into the hands of somebody you don't know. You don't even know whether the, the guy is even a small boy or a young man or somebody who has just stepped out of the pilot or training school. You don't, don't know, but you entrust your life into the hands of some drivers more than God. More than God. Some of us, we believe, believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I pray that somebody under the sound of my voice, you shall believe God. May you be a believer tonight. May you be a believer tonight. And whatever you are trusting God for, the Bible said that with man it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. He said that he that believeth, all things are possible unto him. I pray that you will not lose your faith. The other day, Jesus said unto Peter, that Peter, the devil has sought to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. I pray tonight that anyone here who feels like giving up, anyone here who feels like it is over and throwing in the towel, I am here to tell you that if only you can believe God and believe in his word, there will be a miracle. There will be a testimony in the name of Jesus. The third decision that you must make is that decide to honor the prophetic vessel and his anointing. Decide to honor the prophetic vessel and his anointing. Decide to honor the prophetic vessel and his anointing. One of the mysteries of the kingdom is that the anointed carries the anointing. It is the anointed that carries the anointing. So you cannot separate the anointed from the anointing. Anytime you see an anointed elder, it is because the elder carries the anointing. When you see a pastor, a bishop carrying an anointing, it is the bishop who is carrying the anointing. The anointing is upon him. God does not anoint stones. God does not anoint animals. It is those who are anointed that carry the anointing. So you cannot separate the anointed one from the anointing. That is why Jesus said that he said that the, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach. So you cannot separate the anointing from the anointed. And that is why when you are honoring the prophetic vessel, indirectly you are honoring his anointing. So if you really want to benefit from any prophetic atmosphere, what you must do is to give honor to that prophet. The prophet can be your pastor. The prophet can be your presiding elder. The prophet can be your, your bishop. The prophet can be that man, that woman that God has brought into your life in a particular season. And I pray that tonight you will place honor and and give honor to the people God brings to you. Because anything you, you insult, you cannot really get, you cannot be blessed from it. When, when you speak bad about the anointed, about somebody, you cannot be blessed by his anointed. If I come to you and you are talking about me and Emmanuel has done that and done that and done that, at the end of the day, there's no way the anointing on me can, can benefit you. This is why when somebody has to be a child of God, the person must first receive Christ and believe in his name. So those who received him and those who believed in his name, they received the right to become the sons of God. Many people did not receive Jesus Christ because they couldn't receive him. 
They thought he was just one of the ordinary boys they saw growing up. They saw Jesus to be the carpenter's son. So they were not able to receive him. But as many as received him, Bible says, and believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the sons of God. So you must receive the prophet so that you'll be blessed by his anointing. The fourth decision you must make is decide to place a demand on the prophetic anointing. Decide to place a demand. It is one thing honoring the prophetic vessel, and it is another thing placing a demand. Sometimes I tell people that God is speaking. God is speaking. But you see, um, God, even though God is speaking, and right now, God, there can be a because of time. We, we will not be we, we may not be able to minister to everybody but some way somehow understand that God is always speaking and because God is always speaking sometimes it takes people who place demand that receives the most benefit understand that this meeting is just organized within a time frame but beyond this meeting then you should have a certain ability to place demand on the prophetic. And when the meeting is over, oh, as for you, the only time you meet, the only time you encounter is when we come for meeting. It is good. But you see, there is a, an outside of the meeting relationship where you place demand on that apostle, that pastor, that elder, that prophet, that prophetic person. You place demand on the person. It is the demand you place on the prophetic anointing that is what makes you benefit the most. So I remember I told you about the case I had when a certain woman who is in this meeting came to me and said, sir, my husband has been scheduled for surgery. The kidney has to be operated on and I don't want the surgery to happen. And I was thinking she was going to say, sir, I want the, the, the surgery to be successful. She said, I don't even want, want to talk about success. The surgery must be canceled. Whoa. I was shocked. And she went ahead and said, sir, because of that, I have already sowed a seed. I've given you this seed. And this seed is my sacrifice to even thank God ahead of what he's about to do. So, wow. The way the woman placed demand on the anointing upon my life, nobody told me to wake up and pray. I had to just enter into my, my closet and do what I know what to do best and trust God that God will work some miracles. At the end of the day, one Monday, when the husband was going to wee-wee at the washroom, the stones that were supposed to be operated, that were supposed to be operated on, the stones came out of his mouth. So the surgery did not happen. It's a great miracle. So anytime you place a demand on the prophetic anointing, you get so much benefit from it. And I am praying that in this meeting, God will touch some people here who place demand on God, place demand on Jesus, place demand on God, because it's able to do all things, all things exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that we think and even imagine. Tonight, you are asking God for one, but God can give you ten. You are asking God for a one hundred, but God can give you a million. 
You are asking God for a million. God can give you a million. He is a God who is not limited. He is a God who is called the unlimited God. If only you can place a demand on him and place a demand on the vessels he's using, God will work some miracles in your life. And one of the ways to do that is by sacrificing. You place a demand by sacrificing. You place a demand by serving. The fifth decision, number five, is that decide to document everything God says. Decide to document everything that God says. When I was in the university, the Lord spoke to me and said, when you get married and you give birth, your first child, your firstborn will be a girl and her name will be called this. So by the grace of God, I documented it. Now, by the time the baby was coming, the baby was a girl. And I realized that God had already spoken about it and God had already given a name for it. So I did not have to struggle thinking about oh, what kind of name we should give because God had already spoken about it. One of the things that shows that you even respect the word of God is when you document it. So documentation is a proof that you value the word of God. Anything that is valuable in this life is documented. Because driving is very important. If you have to drive, there is a document that must be given to you. If Because marriage is important, if you have to marry, there is a document that is given to you. If you have to get a business, because business is important, there is a, a document that is presented to you. If you want to fly from your country to another place, there is a document that must be given to you. So anything in importance in this world is always documented. The fact that you are documenting means that you value the word of God. You, you, that word of God is relevant, the prophetic is relevant to your life. Beginning from today, make sure you are documenting every dream, every vision, every prophecy, and every word God gives you. Number six, the last part one, is that decide to behave everything God says. Decide to behave. Decide to behave everything God says. Understand that apart from God speaking, God is expecting you to act and take a step of faith. You can receive 20 prophecies, but if you are not willing to step out and behave the prophet, the prophecy will not manifest. So when God speaks, God is expecting you to act. When God speaks, God is expecting you to do what you must do. The prophecy is not supposed to make you lazy. Prophecy is not supposed to make any child of God lazy. Prophecy is supposed to make you a hard worker. It's supposed to make you diligent. It's supposed to make you focused. It's supposed to make you responsible. So the prophetic is supposed to make you a responsible believer. Some people think that prophecy is making Christians lazy. So they only go to church and receive prophecy. No kind of things here. We teach you that you must be hardworking. Be a hard worker in your office, in your workplace, where you are. You must be a hard worker in your organization. You must end. You are behaving the word of God to get pregnant. Make sure. Because if God says that you get pregnant, God will not, you are not married. You are not married. Mary, let time wait you. Mary, Mary, you are not married. You are not junior Mary. And there will be no junior Mary. So please, you must do what you must do. Am I talking to somebody? Now, finally, 
the last decision is that decide to stay connected. Decide to stay connected. Decide to stay connected. There are many people, immediately they come around prophetic atmosphere, they come and they go, they run away. You will see them when they are in trouble, it's when you see them. When they are having problems, the next time you hear about them. Some, that is why when you come around a prophetic atmosphere, don't just come with a mentality to run away. The Bible said that Joshua and Moses, and Moses the self, Joshua always came with a mindset to stay. Joshua will stay and stay connected you are, the more you can connect. So stay connected to God. Don't run away from God. There are people when God does something for them, they run away from God. There are people who will pledge, man of God, if the Lord bless me, I will do this for you. That you they will run away, you never find them. There are people too, when God blesses them with some nice, beautiful J-Wagon, some nice car, some nice something, something, then that is when they stop coming to church. Because they feel that they have become big men now or big women. People of God, if you stay connected, then you will always stay collected. Because whatever God gives you, God wants you to be it to be sustained. The mind of God for you is that at the end of the day, you will not leave his presence. So when God is blessing you, God is not blessing you just for blessing's sake. God is blessing you so that your Christian faith will be strengthened and you become a testimony and a praise to the people around you so that they can also say, wow, if God has done it for this one, then God can also do it for me. So people of God, stay connected. Don't join the meeting and you only come again in 2025. As for you, you only come every once a year. Like some of you, you have not been to church the whole year. You will only go to church the 31st of December. You only go to church on 31st December. You are not connected. The Bible says that do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. It's very important because the more connected you are, the more you are able to collect a lot of different graces. So stay connected. Stay connected. Don't, don't come, don't do the hit and run kind of thing. I believe that. Some of these things I've shared with you are a blessing. May the Lord bless his word in Jesus' mighty name. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you in Jesus' name. Amen.